0: FM to get started. Hey everybody! In this episode of the GH Report, we're going to break down all the latest Poor Charles shenanigans. Let's not waste any more time. Let's dive right into it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. After Buzz TV, and now let the buzz begin. Oh! Ho, ho, ho. I'm jumping camera to camera. Why? Because I'm alone greeting you, and this. Episode of the GH Report. There you go, right out of the gate, already cussing Steve in the booth. A lot of hassles, jump But jumping from camera to camera. Hey, everybody! I'll bounce back right back to here to say hello. Welcome to the GH Report. This, is course of course, is the show where we break down all the latest happenings in poor Charles every single week. I'm your host, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jackie. My other co-hosts are out on assignment this week, so it is just you and I—a little intimate conversation as we talk about all the latest goings on there in the world of General Hospital. But of course, folks, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and of course, we're going to pull up the chat, so if I can ask Steve if he wouldn't mind pulling up the chat nice and big on the screen, I'll be able to share uh, here, read your thoughts uh, and your comments as we're talking about uh, the latest happenings. Uh, Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, we're not going to be able to do any phone calls this evening, so... I apologize for that, but uh, we'll make sure next time we get a chance to talk to you folks because it's always great when we get to hear your lovely voice as well as read your lovely thoughts. So, uh, and uh, uh, side note to Josie, I hope you're enjoying that Jamba Juice. There you go. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, let's j- dive right into it. Uh, now, I think I've made no, uh, no, uh, I-, I haven't hid my love for the, the dual Jason storyline, but I definitely As I was mentioning last week, the the storyline that has kind of galvanized me to want to watch every episode every single day as opposed to kind of letting it pile up two, three, maybe sometimes even four or five episodes and then kind of burning them all through like either on Friday or Saturday night. No, this one I want to make sure I'm watching it every single day. Uh, So that's that storyline I'm really enjoying. And we'll get to that in just a second. But one other storyline that I'm kind of intrigued by is the – I'm intrigued by Valentine this week. He, He had a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, and we'll dive right into it, where uh, Anna and Valentin are having a conversation, and we we do see that that Anna wants to. Uh, well, of course, she's doing this whole thing with Celeste, trying to track her down, knows that Valentin's connected with her, and feels like you know. At, at first, it seemed like it was more about trying to get Valentin at, at least implicated in some sense with what Celeste was doing as well. But now it seems to be less about. Valentine and more about trying to stop Celeste, trying to stop this importing of drugs, uh, stopping them from taking over uh, American soil, let alone specifically Port Charles. So uh, that seems to be the deal there, but using Valentine as uh, kind of her leverage to get in. And her and Valentine have a conversation. And one, it's always interesting that Valentine kind of turns the tables and shows up at Anna's place, kind of breaks in unannounced. And uh, she's already freaked out by that. And I do like that Valentine says, hey, well, you know, hey, hold on. Uh Oh, Celeste. Yeah, our Melvin fan, you're correct. I don't know why I said Celeste. I get all my C words here. Uh I, Cassandra. There you go. Got my Cassandra. I got my uh, my Claudette, my Cassandra, my Charlotte. I don't know why I was thinking Celeste, That why that popped in my head. Thank you, our Melvin fan. Thank you, Kelly from PEI. Yes. Sorry, it's been one of those days. Got to get my C words. Get them all together. But anyway, we get to see a conversation between uh, Valentine and Anna and Valentine says you know of course I don't want drugs in the city uh, anywhere near my my daughter and impacting my family at all and Anna's like hey well then you know what you can do you can get involved somehow you can uh, actually come work for me and be a spy and and get the goods on 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 uh, Cassandra and I do like that Valentine's first reaction is no way Jose and I gotta admit like for as much as Anna and Valentine have kind of put I feel like they've kind of put their history to bed for the most part. But I certainly understand why Valentine, even if he's kind of in a somewhat better place with Anna, has really no inclination to want to put himself in a situation where he is kind of working for her and with the definite potential of being burned by her again. I could completely understand why Valentine's like, nope, I'll take a that's a hard pass on me too. Uh but so of course Valentine leaves and he goes back to uh, uh Claudette. Not Claudette. Uh <laughs> Man, I'm getting all my uh uh Cassandra. Getting all my C words here mixed up today. Cassandra and Cassandra is just pushing all of Valentine's buttons. Hanging out there uh with Nina and and Charlotte hanging out with them, getting selfies with them, uh, talking to them about ice skating and all <laughs> and, and all that stuff. And finally and of course we know that Valentine is uh, you know, we've got everything with, uh, uh, Claudette, uh, is basically being, yes, Kelly for PEI. I know Cassandra, it's probably going to happen. Folks, full disclosure. I bet you there's going to be a lot of times I'm going to mess up those C words today. There's going to be a lot of C words that are going to be mixed and jumbled. Full disclosure. My apologies for that. I will do my best to remember and keep that all on top of it, but I bet you there's going to be some occasional slip up. So please let's forgive me on that. So uh, we, we we get to see though that uh, Cassandra cannot help but pushing Valentine's button some more. Already has the, the leverage of like, hey, you know what? If I uh, if I if I go down, I can easily tell the world here that uh, you know what I know what you did to and with Claudette. So Valentine's already feeling the heat there. And by the end of the week, kind of changes his tune. Uh, he says, you know what? I am going to definitely uh, help you. I'm going to be part of your organization. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how Valentine's going to be able to kind of skirt this by trying to eliminate Cassandra, but doing it in such a way that nothing can blow back on him. And so that she does not pull the trigger on what's happened with Claudette. I feel like it's not going to work because you don't show Claudette's picture holding up a newspaper showing that it's currently this time of day, uh, this time, that uh, it's not going to be found out. That we're not going to find out exactly what happened with Claudette. Uh, she's not going to come forward to get a chance to be reunited with Charlotte, kind of blow up what Valentine did. Maybe this seems like the perfect time to have something jeopardize the child custody case and see Valentine go from a position of strength to a tremendous position of weakness on this. So that is definitely a ticking time bomb. And it's not a matter of if, but I feel when that whole revelation is going to come and Knowing uh, how the, the writers are probably going to time this up, it's going to be at just the most inopportune moment for Valentine that this gets exposed. So whenever we start getting wind of the child custody hearing starting to ramp up again, you can feel like that's a pretty good timeline for when the revelation that that is still alive is going to happen. I feel like uh, Cassandra is not going to want to do – if she's going to hurt Valentine, she's going to to do it at the time that it's going to do him the most damage. And certainly a child custody hearing, the perfect time to let a, a revelation like that go. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with Valentin and Anna. The fact that they're going to try to work together again for this. Uh, are they going to be able to fully trust each other on this? Or are they still going to be kind of hedging their bets? Certainly, Valentin, I feel like he always has uh, some ulterior motives for everything he does. So I don't know if he's going to... I can't imagine him going all in and trusting Anna. I feel like he will tell her some information, but is going to keep what I guess would be most beneficial to him or what could implicate him the most... Certainly keep it to himself and try to keep that away from Anna. So that'll be interesting to see how that kind of develops. So I was really intrigued by uh, Valentine. But the other part that I was really intrigued about Valentine is uh, what everything that happened with Nina, uh, Nina, Nell, and Valentine, and the fact that <laughs> that Nina, or me, that Nell decides, hey, you know what, this would be a great time to blackmail Valentine. I uh, I don't know why she thought at any time. That would be a good time to blackmail, blackmail Valentine. He has given her enough uh, ideas like, hey, you don't want to mess with my family. You don't want to mess with me. I I will uh, do things to you you would not want uh, to have done to you. And yet, Nell cannot help but just like, you know what? I think I have a little leverage on him. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to blackmail him and uh, see what this gets me. And poor Nell, man. Everything just blew up in her face this week. So she tries to blackmail Valentin by showing her the picture of uh, he and Cassandra kissing and saying, you know what? I'd hate to show this to to Nina, but, I mean, if you can talk to her about either, like, you know, getting me a raise or if they can't give me a raise because Aurora is, you know, waiting to acquire Derek Wells Media and everything's kind of up in the air, then if you want to give me some money to help keep keep this quiet. And I, I like that Valentin says, you know what? This is the worst mistake you can make. You don't want to do this. And what I did like, though, is, hey, you know, we didn't have, like, weeks and weeks of, like, Nell, like, kind of like, should I do it? Should I really kind of tempt fate? Should I go against Valentine? I like that Nell pretty much just right next, next scene went right to Nina and went to go pull the trigger. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got this picture. And kudos to the GH writers. I was not expecting this that uh, it was going to take – I was expecting for Nina to full, fall for a completely hook, line, and sinker. Then we're going to see Nina and Valentin kind of shatter apart there, and we're going to have to watch for weeks as they kind of – Nina is like, no, no, I can't do this to you. I can't do this again. We'd be kind of tiresome scenes that we had already seen before. But I do like that Nina picks up like, hey, you've had this picture for you know at least a month, if not more, and now you're just showing it to me? You wanted to do this for like the maximum amount of impact. You're probably blackmailing him. You wanted, you're mad that you didn't get the raise. Uh, and now you're doing this. So guess what? I don't like the way you're doing this. This is pretty pretty shady, pretty underhanded. You're fired. Did like seeing that? That was uh, I was an unexpected twist for the Nina story, for the N- Nell storyline. But I liked it. It's uh, it makes me it does make you wonder though, what uh, what? Uh, yep, uh, Rob M in the chat is why do GH writers have to ruin Nell? I mean they. I can understand that, Rob, because they basically spent, like, this week, just like, hey, you know, let's, like, pretty much detonate uh, everything that's going on in Nell's life. I mean, they did it last week with Michael and Nell, so you kind of blow that part up. This week, you definitely have her make an enemy out of Valentine for sure, and then you get her fired from her job with Nina, something that she seemed to really enjoy and, you know, according to Nell, was fantastic at. So uh, so now, I don't know what the plan is for, for Nell. She's going to be kind of floundering around. I know we saw some previews of her and michael talking i don't know if that's some steps towards reconciliation or just the idea of like hey if we're both living in the same town we're probably going to run into each other we can at least be civil to each other when we run into each other we don't have to worry about making it like heated and antagonistic but uh i don't know they uh <laughs> oh but uh sorry we couldn't see you. somebody somebody said they saved now for you she couldn't stand the sweet sappy now uh, yeah, if, I mean, if they want to just double down on the, the Nell being uh, devious, this would certainly give her, she's definitely boxed into a corner. So when you're boxed in a corner, you got you got to strike back. So this could be definitely a, a way to make Nell just like a really just, uh, you know, she's not afraid to throw shade, be sneaky, get what she needs, take what she wants. Uh, so that could be interesting. Uh, our Melvin fan, Nell was more as annoying as hell this week more than usual uh yeah i don't know <laughs> i i i don't know i mean i don't know what i want out of nell i was kind of tired of her first initial storyline when she was blackmailing sunny and started falling for michael and it was i kind of liked at least the change that that had been well i can't even say that i like the change when they had the revelation that she basically was mad at carly for the wrong reasons that you know she would kind of bought her her dad's lies We ultimately found out it was Jax that was behind everything, but that she had blamed Carly and her father had really didn't clear that up for her. So the fact that she'd spent all this time trying to ruin somebody else's life based on a lie kind of really undercut her. I remember saying that at the time. It just kind of really took the legs out of that character. And since then, I mean, it's been kind of tough to see her kind of rebuild herself. It never really made sense why Nell, after everything kind of went down in this town, that she decided to stay. I mean, I can understand, like, there's nothing back for her back at home. But there's plenty of other places in this country, many other states, many, many, many other towns that you can go to that you have no, you know, nobody you can really make a fresh start. And you know, I guess you know the writers really enjoyed the the actress, if not the character, and decided to keep her on the show. But I, I, I don't know. I felt like since uh, since that big reveal about why she was doing everything to Carly and Sunny, I. I really saw no reason for – it seemed weird for me to why she would want to stay in a city like that. If I were in her position and everything kind of blew up in my face, I would just, you know, head out of town with my tail between my legs, find some place and set up shop where nobody knows me and just rebuild my life over from scratch in that uh, that town. But she's – we have to do with what we – we have to work with what we've got. And now we've got Nell here in town. Kind of – her life's kind of in shambles right now. And I guess we'll see what happens. I – I don't know if I'm that in, that interested or not. To be honest, I, I agree with many of you here in the chat. Uh, especially Michael B says he better not take Nell back. Uh, yeah, I mean, how many times do people have to say that that Michael is certainly the most forgiving and understanding person? Uh, guys, I mean, he forgave Sonny for killing his father, and killing AJ, and they're thick as thieves now. So, asking her to, uh, to you know to take back Nell, asking him to take back Nell what Nell's done and what Sonny did two different things so I feel like I feel like on the scale Nell's is much less than what Sonny did so uh, I would not be surprised if Michael at some point forgave Nell and took her back Uh, not that I want that to happen because the whole if they continue the storyline did she really kill her fiance Uh, can Michael really trust her what's going on I'm not really interested in more of that uh (laughs) Uh, as Kelly from PEI says, Nell is a younger Carly. Yeah, she's a younger Carly. I. Yeah, I mean she is a younger Carly. I, I feel like, and I don't know. Like I feel like the difference between uh, that Nell is a younger Carly is that well, well, Carly at least came on. Uh, certainly, for like the the initial stuff that she was doing. I mean, she breaks out She's hooks up with uh, Tony. Kind of breaks up the marriage between Bobby and Tony. Uh, but the thing that she at least had kind of going for her is that she was uh, friends with Jason. I mean, it was certainly, kind of they. I think that friendship with Jason at least so, can show sides of her that weren't totally. Uh, it can show some kind of moments because it wasn't it wasn't a romantic relationship as a as a relationship built on friendship. And you could just see some of uh, the kinder, sweeter sides of Carly come out. But she could still do all the Carly things that she would do. And it'd be up for Jason to kind of try to rein her back in or try to kind of uh, salvage what the uh, destruction that Carly had wrought. And I don't feel like we have anybody like that for Nell that uh, that can kind of be that, uh, that balance point where there's not like a romantic relationship, but it is a friendship that, you know. That they're they they're kind of in Nell's corner, and even if she gets wild and crazy and does destructive things, you can kind of rein her back. <coughs> if maybe if there was a character like that, and I thought for a second they might have gone that way, say with Kiki and Nell, when they kind of teased for a little bit that uh, Kiki may have been looking for a roommate, Nell of course was you know thinking about moving out because she can afford a place on her own. I thought they were kind of teasing the idea that maybe uh, Kiki and Nell would become really good friends, and maybe that could have been somebody that could have been the the, the Jason to uh, Nell's Carly, kind of so to speak. But so far, I haven't seen any kind of progression or follow up on that kind of little uh, storyline nugget that they dangled in front of us. So without that, I feel like it's you know. I'd uh, be interested to see what Nell does because she really doesn't have any other real friendships built in there other than uh, Jocelyn. That seems to be the only other person that's really like, yeah, I like Nell a lot. She's great, but other than that, I don't know. Uh, so uh, we've got the whole the whole Nell, Nell storyline now. Uh, to jump back though, of course, we're talking about uh, uh, Nina and Valentine. The whole the whole photo gets uh, exposed. Uh, Nina is mad as heck. I'm curious to see. What happens with the fallout is between Nina and Valentine about this. That I would hope that Valentine would at least come forward and say, "Hey, you know, I as much as Valentine can." Well, I, I feel like with anybody on the show that he should be the most honest with Nina, and if he just kind of tells her what's up, maybe that might help. You know, I, I feel like if you were kissed, whether you kissed a person or not, if that person kissed you and you just, you know. A photograph can make it seem like it lasted forever and even if it was only for a second 10 seconds uh you know you, that photo makes it seem like it was much longer and makes it seem that it was much more of a reciprocated kiss than maybe originally it was so i feel like you know valentine's really got to explain to Anita, like hey i know you saw this photo it, it looks like that we were kissing but it wasn't it was uh cassandra kissing me i don't think wanted i don't want anything to do with her she's into drugs she wants to get me involved I think he'd buy himself uh, some wiggle room if he at least was honest about what was going on with Nina. But I also feel like Nina is too uncontrollable uh, because the more information that Nina does know, anytime Valentine tells her like, oh, hey, you know what, Laura came in and, and pulled a gun on me. Or, hey, this person came up and they beat me. Uh, Nina's first inclination is like, we got to go to the authorities. And... Uh, sometimes Valentin's able to talk her out of it, and sometimes he's not. And she goes around, she goes right away and just calls the cops anyway. And things can only get worse. So I feel like I can understand why Valentin may not be as forthcoming with all the information about Cassandra, because I don't know if I he could rely on Nina to be completely quiet about it and not go to authorities and try to rack Cassandra out, which would be, uh, for Valentine disastrous, because then that means for sure... His secret with uh, in regards to Claudette is going to get exposed. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, let's see. Oh, we've got uh, Marcella in the chat. Says Valentine can just tell Nina that Cassandra has something on him and is forcing him to work with her, but not t- tell Tina what that something is. Uh, I I can understand that, Marcella. But y- you also know that if he if he's not going to tell Nina what it is that she Cassandra has over him. Nina is not going to let that go. She is going to want to know what that is. And that's only going to drive... I think that'll only make things crazier for Valentine. with Nina constantly asking, what does she have on you? What does she have on you? And Valentine could lie, I guess, and make something else up, but you could be assured that whatever lie that he told her, it would be found out at a later point that it was a lie, and that wasn't really what Cassandra had at on him, and that's only going to lead to more problems. So, yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I see uh, <laughs> people are already kind of plotting uh, Nell's demise on here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's... I feel like it's... Yeah, I'm trying to think like the equivalent of like a uh, like a Will Cortland, which, of course, James Patrick Stewart uh, played on All My Children, something where they really built up to the death of Will Cortland storyline where he was pissing everybody off left and right. and So by the time that he got killed, there were uh, many people on that canvas that had a legitimate reason for wanting him dead. And so he'd give you a lot of suspects to kind of pick apart and try to find out. Certainly, I felt like the resolution to that was kind of disappointing, because it basically, it's one of those where you you tease everybody on canvas as having a great motive, so you feel like, oh my gosh, one of these people that I really like and care about could be the killer, and then at the end you find out, oh no, no. It's a uh, crazy. What's her name? Twin sister. there in the uh, the insane asylum. She gets out and she kills him. Oh, well, great! So that was kind of an undercutting of that storyline. But I feel like what, what we're saying is that, uh, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we felt like a really like a character that everybody hates and that ends up dead, and you have a, a really interesting whodunit. It's been a while since we've had one of those. So yeah, who knows? I don't know if Nell is necessarily that person. I don't think that she's angered enough people that would that. Seeing her killed off would be like, like a really cool who done it kind of storyline that I'd want to see going on right now uh, from Bei uh, Kelly and Pei. The who shot Nell storyline. Yeah, I don't know. She's. I feel like she hasn't ruffled enough feathers to warrant a storyline like that. If you could, if you want to spend the next, you know, two to three months, kind of really just making sure she just irritates everybody in poor Charles to the point where like somebody would want her dead. Then maybe, but. Eh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Michael B., a murder mystery. I like that. True, uh, you know, <laughs> it would be interesting to see how effective the the PCPD would be on this case. Uh, they they haven't really been that effective so far. But, uh, yeah, Heather Webber is too nuts to die. There you, yep, she definitely is. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is between uh, Nina and Valentin and this photo of Valentin kissing Cassandra. The other storyline we have kind of tangential to Cassandra is back again with Anna. And one of the reasons that Valentine went to go visit her is like, hey, you know what? This this whole relationship that you say you have with Finn, I know that's a fake. There's no way that you guys are really a couple. And if I tell Cassandra this, guess what? Everything that you've been trying to set up is definitely going to be blown. She's going to head out of the country, and you're never going to be able to find her. This is as close as you can get. So lay off me or else I'll kind of spill the beans on what the deal is with you and Finn. And we, we see that Finn, at least uh, with Finn and Anna, I mean, the idea was like, hey, you know what, we're just going to say we've broken up. You know, Cassandra doesn't have any illnesses. It's all, she's just a hypochondriac. We will just say that we broke up so that way we can go back to our leading our separate lives. And Finn uh, can't quite backpedal off of that once he sees Cassandra. Uh, whether it's, I, I, I don't know how much of it is like Anna's involvement in it, but more so the, uh, the opioids side of it, too, where he, as a recovering addict, uh, knows how damaging those drugs can be and doesn't want to see those hurt anybody else. So, uh, yeah, Dual Man, uh, quick side tangent there. They're bringing back Nora. Yay. Uh, I'm hoping, well, we'll see. I, it's great to have Nora back, but I also feel like it's just going to be like one episode for one scene of Alexis talking to Nora real quick, and then that's the last we'll see of Nora for a while, which is disappointing. Because more Nora would be a would be a cool thing, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, Miss Yaki. The chat says that, uh, she thinks Finn is warming up to Anna's English charm. Yeah, they do seem to have a uh, chemistry. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm always going to wish for the romance that we never got between Andre and Anna. But you know, clearly we're not going in that direction, which is a, a shame. So if I can't have that, then sure, I guess like a Finn and Anna storyline is the uh, the next best thing. I'll, I guess I'll take that. Uh, so we, uh, so of course then Finn says, you know, Hey, yeah, we're still kind of, he kind of plays a coy with Cassandra. Like anytime she's asking if he's single or not, she he kind of plays a coy and really giving, uh, Cassandra a direct answer. But then, uh, Finn tells Anna, Hey, we got to keep this going cause I have a, uh, you know, we, we got to stop this drug ring from happening. So we've got that happening. And then we have some interesting scenes too with, uh, with Monica and Finn, trying to, uh, you know, because there's, uh, there's people dying uh, of overdosing on the opioids. We have somebody that's kind of brought in without any identification that's uh, struggling with uh, being strung out on these opioids. And so uh, Monica and Finn have have several conversations about how dangerous and damaging these drugs are and what they need to do to be able to stop them. And that segues into probably my least favorite storyline, as always. It's always my least favorite storyline. Story you don't even have to guess at what I'm going to say is my least favorite storyline. And that is, of course, Man Landers. <sighs> I, uh, I, I am kind of uh, really bummed on the storyline because I also feel like it doesn't do Maxie any favors as well either. That she, uh, uh, oh, uh, Kelly, and Pes so sounds like Finn is going to be involved somewhat in the Man Lander storyline. Uh, uh, I feel very tangential, so I, you know. First, let's just get out of the way that, uh, yep, Taylor Jones, Manlanders wants to make me scream, scream uh, MGP 18 I never watched those scenes. I watched them all just so I can fully build up a great rant about it. And my rant about the Manlander scenes these, this week is this. is So we, we have this conversation between Amy, Maxie, and uh, Nathan, and... Maxie kind of lays into him about like hey you know what uh, she kind of does her like you know, exhibit A, B, C, D about breaking down like everything that she felt had been done to her in terms of this whole Man Landers thing getting to the point it has and that now she wants to be able to get her piece of the pie as well so to speak. She's just trying to salvage something out of the situation. That's why she wants this ex- exclusive article. So we get to see this exclusive article being at least a photo shoot of it happening and you know it's just like the more those scenes played the more it came out that it's just like Maxie is not really doing this just necessarily to get a job, but she basically, I feel like the job is one thing, but I also feel like the most important thing, though, is that she is tired of being kind of, uh, you know, kind of torn down on Twitter and social media about how she, uh, Man Landers, or, you know, Nathan, Manlanders is too good for Maxie. She's not good enough to have him. And that is just like, oh, I feel like Maxie's being so petty about this. Basically, she wants this article written out there to really just emphasize how great. Maxie is. Like, I want you to write an article about sure, it's me and Man Landers, but it's mostly about like mainly me, about like how you've done all these great things for me because I'm so great and that, you know, our love is great and you worship me, you've put me on a pedestal, and so if you worship me, then of course everybody else, all your fans, should worship me as well too. Not necessarily worship could be a strong word, but at least in the sense where Uh, they should be uh, appreciative that, you know, my gosh, you you Manlanders, holy cow, you are so lucky to have Maxie in your life. And we are so sorry we ever said anything negative about her on social media. All hail Maxie Jones. All hail Maxie Jones. And, man, I I was really turned off by Maxie this week just thinking like that, because I felt like, ugh, what the... Maxie, Maxie, you're doing this for the the wrong, wrong reasons. The first thing you should be doing is just cutting this entirely. And no matter how much that Amy and Nathan say, hey, the more we kind of lie about this or embellish the story, the more blowback that we could have on this uh, because we're already committing fraud. Yeah, I don't know about... I feel like the I, I, on the legal side for Amy and Nathan, I don't feel like it's as dire as uh, <laughs> as they're portraying it to be, but I also feel like Maxie's doing no favors by really trying to embellish the story and make it, make it just easier for them to trip themselves up or people wanting to like fact-check more information or really dive into certain details that they won't be able to completely answer because it's all made up. To the point where you see Maxie being jealous of Amy and Nathan because this article that Na- Amy's trying to – she writes an article and then Nina uh, – Maxie doesn't like it and then says, you know what? You should be asking about like this kind of question or this kind of question. And Amy's like, you know, this is not the kind of questions that that we get. And uh, Dooliman, get Amy out of here. <sighs> uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean I'm no big fan of Amy. She's – She's at least been tempered down slightly with the introduction of at least Chet and her motivations for wanting to do this Manlander thing. But a little Amy goes a long way with me. And I have no desire to see more of this Manlander story. I would just love it to just end right now. But we are at least building, up, building it up for a little while longer because now we've introduced Chet, who happens to be the kind of John Doe that was brought in that had overdosed on opioids. And so we now have Chet on canvas. We've all been waiting for Chet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dooleman. She serves no purpose. Yep, I there. You, yep, all right. Uh, I see what you're saying. I, I you know, you're not going to see me really defend uh, Amy to any of you guys. And and Chet is blah. Yeah, you know, I don't know, guys. We've been hearing about Chet's name. His Chet, His name has been dropped so much. It was either. Uh, I felt like it was, I was some days and some weeks. I was kind of vying for like who's getting mentioned and name checked the most. Was it Chet or was it uh, Nicholas? And yeah, Chet's introduction, ugh, great. I I don't know why we're seeing Chet. I don't know how long we're seeing Chet for. I, I gosh, yeah, I really have no desire to see more of Chet, and more of Amy. I, I just, just they got to wrap this this Manlander storyline up. But what they're doing with Maxie is just making is just irritating because all Maxie's doing is you know when she decides to rewrite Amy's story. And kind of put more about her, about Maxie, really building a Maxie in the storyline. All it's going to do is going to lead to more problems, and so everything's going to blow up in their faces, and it's going to be Maxie's fault. Which is going to be great. Can't wait to uh, do this. It seems very irritating that we- I feel like we know the end of the storyline, and yet we're just dragging it out to get to this point. And for Maxie to come back and say Nina wants an exclusive, so you know this is what she wants, and this is what she's going to get. I- if anybody talks to Nina, she's not going to want. To also expose Nathan to anything that could get him potentially in trouble, so you know, ease up on that one, Maxie, because I feel like Nina wants a story, but she doesn't want a super like a story story because she wants a puff piece. Puff piece is great. It makes Crimson look good. They got this exclusive. It's a nice puff piece, but it kind of satisfies the readership and satisfies what Nita wants in terms of an exclusive. It's only Maxi and her wounded pride that is trying to make this more, which is end up going to be, which is going to end up blowing up in their faces. So, uh, that is irritating, and it can't get done fast enough. Please get out of here. Uh, <clears throat> the other storyline that. I'd be curious to see what you hear uh, <laughs> in the chat think about it. And that is the Alexis and Julian scenes. So we get to see Alexis finally. Uh, Scotty comes up to Alexis says, hey, guess what? Your boy Julian, he's getting beat up in prison. You should go see him. She does. And uh, we get to see a nice beat up uh, uh, William DeVry kind of show up there. Uh, he's been off canvas for a while. Uh, first question I'm going to ask the chat. Have you missed Julian? So when you see him back this week, are you like, oh my gosh, it's great to have Julian back, or have you felt like, hey, why, why is he back? Uh, wouldn't it be great just to have him just in prison, and William Devry, as great of an actor as he has been, and many people have enjoyed him, but I feel like maybe he's just kind of run out of uh, a purpose in the show, and maybe he should just be in prison. He could be like the you know, the, the twenty seventeen version of Sean, you know, character that people, some people liked, uh, and now he's in prison and. That's all. Maybe occasionally we we'll get to, we'll, we get to see him for like a for a day bit when he when we need him for some kind of important piece of Jerome family history or something. Uh, so we we of course got that, and uh, she goes in to see him. He's been roughed up, and we see at the end of what I like this that he gets done talking with the Lexus and they walk back to his cell, and then he gets body checked by some big old beefy white guy, just like some big old muscular dude, just checks him. And we have uh, Julian, who's already kind of beaten and bruised, and he's got a cast on his arm, kind of wincing from the pain. And then he leaves, and then the, the big dude comes walking by as Alexis is just standing outside you know, on the other side of the glass looking at this, and he just turns and he looks at Alexis with that ridiculous, like, uh, creepo look. Like, yeah, Doesn't say anything, but just, like, gives Alexis that menacing look and then moves out. I, it's just, ugh. I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Dooliman says they're bringing him back to do what he fills no void. Uh, Julian can stay in jail, I haven't missed him one bit. From our Melvin fan, uh, Arian Brody, I'm so tired of Alexis and uh, Miss uh, uh, Yaki, uh, Julian is a wimpy monster. So, uh, <laughs> Michael B, me too. Hashtag free Sean. Uh, yeah, it's um, uh, an art, uh, art academics, a uh, little they need to figure out what to do with Julian. I. Do they need to figure out what the Julian or is Julian just a character that has simply run his course? Because I don't know if there's anything that you can do. You've taken away the Derek Wells media side of it. You've given it over to uh, the Billy Morgan, Jason and Sam. So that's kind of taken out of it. So we've lost like a business avenue to explore with him. And, you know, I don't, gosh, I don't want to see any more of this Julian and Alexis thing. So that doesn't really seem to be any good. So I don't know what purpose having Julian on the show really serves anymore. Sarah C. says they really don't need Julian. Uh, Tracy Runco says they need to get rid of all the dead weight. And uh, uh, Deion's Corner says Julian most definitely ran his course. Yeah, you know. Uh, MGP MGP18 says he should die. He makes no sense on the show anymore. Yeah, I don't know if he needs to die, but I also think like, hey, he could just be in prison and we never see him again. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. He is so hated in Port Charles I mean other than uh, Ava nobody else is really and Alexis is like oh I still I'm still kind of drawn to him but I hate everything that he's done to me so I'm um, this whole big barrel of uh just issues when it comes to Julian You know I don't want to see that storyline either so I don't I just don't know what we, what we get out by having Julian back and you know, it's it's as much as you can like the actor. There, I feel like there are just some some characters can be kind of eternal. You can you can you can take your Luke Spencers, you can take your Erica Canes, you can take your uh, Adam Chandlers, all those, and they could be duplicitous, but they also could be good and uh, or at least you know, yeah, uh, you know, doing good things for other people. So I mean, you could. Those are characters that have been able to show that they've had a length and breadth. You can do a lot of different things with these characters, and they can have their ups and downs and their peaks and valleys throughout the years, but they're never written in such a way where you feel they've, they've been backed into such a corner that you can't do anything with them. And then you do have some characters that come onto a soap that, for better or for worse, they just have like a shelf, limit, uh, a shelf life. They just, certain amount of time, they can come in, they can be, be a big and explosive while they're there, and they're taken off the canvas very quickly. Otherwise, you know, other times they can be there two or three years and then they just kind of, they burn out of story potential ideas. Or they're written in such a way where the writers have cornered themselves with this character and there's nothing else they can do. So they just have to get rid of the character. And I feel like Julian is that character. It's just, you know, I Miss mean, Yaki says it's time for all the Jeromes to go. You know, I, I, I've i gone ups and down, up and down with both Jeromes, both Ava and Julian for the longest time. And Julian has been. I feel like Ava. I kind of went up and down, and Julian has been basically just kind of a steady decline, and to 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 the point where he just kind of dropped off. And the whole once he pulled the knife on Alexis, that was he just dropped off the map for me. And it just hasn't been anything that that you could do with that character that would, I would find him redeemable enough to do anything more with him. So I feel like you just got to let Julian go. Ava. Yeah, I mean she still has some promise she still has some ups and downs I feel like there's some storyline potential with her as well so uh, if I had to choose between I don't think I'd get rid of both Jerome's I definitely would get rid of Julian and keep Ava uh, for now we'll see what happens with that <clears throat> so we'll see what happens with the Ava and uh, well just the Alexis and Julian storyline we do have speaking of Ava Alexis goes to her seeking help like hey you you know try to take control of the Jerome fa- mob family can't you call people and Ava, I, I don't know, like, <laughs> I uh, I don't know, like, for Ava was just like, no, I have no connections anymore. Like, really, you have nobody, you nobody, nobody at all that you could reach out to, to give you any sort of help or at least some advice. There's nothing that Ava could do. I found that kind of dubious. But I don't, I don't think Ava wants anything harmful to happen to Julian. But I also feel like, come on, writer, seriously, there's nobody that she could reach out to. So we'll see what Alexis' uh, tactics happen to uh, bring us, which we get a little tease of it, and that's to figure out like a way for her to be able to talk to Olivia Jerome. So we'll see what that does. I I don't know. Well, you'd be curious, because Olivia really has no reason. All she, she wants his revenge against Julian, so she has no reason to kind of change her tune. So I'll be curious to see what happens out of those scenes between uh, Alexis and Olivia. Uh, speaking of Ava, though, we've got... Uh, which ties us into the, uh, the two Jason storyline is the big whole thing is that of course she went to Russia to get that surgery to restore her face and Dr. Klein stopped the surgery after uh, after it was almost done because Ava decided to help out uh, the um, Steve Burton Jason Morgan flee Russia to head back to the states so <clears throat> now she's back stateside Dr. Klein is back stateside he's been incarcerated he gets bail from Sunny because Jason has told him like hey if you want answers you got to talk to Dr. Klein. So he's bailed out by Sonny as he and Jason try to grill him on this, and uh, before he uh, he's turned loose, Steve Burton's uh, St- Steve Burton station says, "Hey, you know what? All that medical uh, expertise that you have in, re- in restoring uh, burn victims' faces, or at least whatever body part has been damaged, I need that because you need to be able to fix Ava Jerome. Kind of, you you didn't quite finish the job, so." Give it up for give uh, give it, give it up for uh, Steve Burton's Jason Morgan there. Look at him standing up for Ava. Uh, interesting. I mean, he's just uh, kind of doing something for somebody else. Look at that. It just, man, I, I can't say it enough times how much I, I'm just digging having this version of Jason back on the canvas. But uh, he gets Dr. Klein to give up his medical information, put it on a flash drive, takes it over to uh, Ava, leaves a little note there. Hope that helps her. And uh, conveniently, Kiki comes by, so they're able to kind of suss out that this could help restore the rest of her face. Kiki takes a flash drive to uh, Griffin and Doctor Bench, and uh, they say, "Hey, the the, te- the 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 medicine seems sound, but it's untested." So I feel like that's going to be the big dilemma coming up. Is I, I feel like you know she's going to get her face repaired, and is it going to be uh, Griffin? Is he going to kind of try to break the medical rules and do an untested method uh, on Ava, which? The other part of it was like this: this has been untested, but I also feel like you know Griffin, and I don't know how much like Dr. Benson saw Ava before she left and went to Russia. But Griffin, I feel like you can get away with I, you know that it has been tested because Ava looks considerably better than she did than when she initially went to Russia, far more improved. So you know that the the procedures work. It's just are you willing to kind of do a procedure that hasn't been authorized uh, as a as an up as a as a as a good in standing procedure here in the in the uh, in the states. So, you know, Griffin's like that's eh, untested, we don't know. Like, eh, you you know, Griffin, look just look at your the person's face that you're talking to. That'll answer all your questions about whether it's uh, it's tested or not. But uh, I feel like that's going to be the pickle is is will Griffin be able to uh do the I guess at least in the larger scheme the wrong thing for a good reason, which is not only to help somebody he cares about but just a human being trying to uh, uh, get rid of these scars that are just weighing on her emotionally. So we've got that storyline going on. And uh, he. Uh, the other thing that I've been joined to this week is getting into the two-Jason storyline is uh, this... Wait, I'll, I'll cut to right what we saw at the end of the week. And that was we finally get to have a conversation between Carly and Sunny about how much that... Uh, you know what they've done to the Billy Miller version of Jason—that they kind of cut him out. As soon as they saw Steve Burton's Jason come in, they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's the real Jason!" And they basically turn their back on the Billy Miller version. And uh, even Billy Miller's Jason, the whole week, is saying how much that you know that that has hurt him to have the people that he you know thought like was like a brother or like one of his best friends all of a sudden just turn their back on him when this other person that comes into town that just happens to look like the old version of him, but there's no reason to believe that he is that old version. Uh, I did like that they had that conversation like, hey, you know, he's been nothing but loyal and he's stood up and protected us when he's, uh, so we shouldn't, it's not the right thing for us to completely cut him out of our lives. We He needs to be brought back in the loop and everything that we're learning. And I like that scene because, yes, I mean, whenever the truth is revealed and we find out that Steve Burton's Jason is the real version and Billy Miller's is really Drew with Jason's memories kind of overimposed on his, regardless uh, of that, You know, I mean, still, he stood by you guys. He, other than not being Jason, he behaved in every way like Jason for the most part because, you know, that's what he was, you know, he's based on Jason's memories, even if he wasn't like that, even if that wasn't who he really is underneath everything. So you can't, I feel, I, I agree with him that you can't just cut the guy loose, even if he's not your version of Jason. He was still somebody that did a lot for both of them and for their family while he was involved in their lives. So, we get that scene. We also get a really good scene, too, with Monica and Billy Miller's Jason there in the Quartermain uh, crypt where they get to have a conversation. And uh, it it is interesting, though, that Steve Burton has not had a scene with uh, Leslie Charleston yet. Uh, so his version of Jason and, and Monica have not crossed paths yet to have a conversation yet, which I find very interesting. And I I feel like and i think like monica kind of senses it too at the end, at her scenes at the end of the week is that as she tells Alan, she's like i wish you were here because i feel like this incredible miracle is happening and i wish you were here to see it is that she's going to not just going to get back one son but now she's going to have two sons the whole truth about them being twins is going to come so also now you have two sons and it's going to be interesting to see because i feel like monica gets to have well i think we've said it all before there's going to be two jasons now and Some people get to have the Jason that kind of leaves a mob and you get to be happy with that version of Jason, maybe interacting more with the quarter mains and seeing what that version of Jason is like. And then you get the other Jason that's the old Stone Cold version that is uh, right there with Sonny and Carly. And we get to see that version. So I kind of like the idea that we're going to get we we get to have our cake and eat it, too, when it comes to the Jasons. And to see these scenes with Monica where you get. Uh, one son that is still kind of gravitating more towards the quarter main side, and then one that is still, still free, very, uh, I think still has a soft spot for Monica, but is still going to, when the chips are down, gonna still side with Sunny and Carly. But it was great to see. Uh, I, I thought it was cool to use two flashback scenes one with Billy Miller, and Mon- uh, uh, Billy Miller's Jason and Monica, and one with Steve Burton's Jason and Monica from uh, two different points there as they're talking to her. And I felt like it was uh, Monica. Uh, as we say, with Mar- Marcella in the chat says that Monica scene with new Jason was very moving, and new Jason needed that he needed to have one person in his corner because even Sam has doubts. I would agree with that. And uh, uh, PEI Kelly and PEI for his love the montage when Monica was talking to Alan. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with that. I feel like Jason uh, Billy Miller's version of Jason or new Jason as Marcella is calling him is uh, yeah he he's just hanging by a thread right now because he's you see the see the tension. Every time that he, he's, he's around, uh, Steve Burton, Stone Cold Jason there, man, he, he, it takes everything from, uh, to stop him from wanting to just rip him apart if he could. Uh, <laughs> and our Melvin fan, you brought up a point that I thought too. I really like Billy's hair and that flashback. I thought that same exact thing. Uh, our Melvin fan? I was like, man, that, that was a, that, I really liked Billy Miller's hair in that. I was like, no, that's a good look. I like that so much more than what he's rocking right now. Let's, let's see more of that old school. Uh, so we end the week though with, uh, you know, we've got Jordan showing up with the DNA tests and she's run them on both Jason's and they both show up that they are both Jason quartermate. So now basically we're waiting for, Hey, we got to find out when Franco's going to at least reveal that. Hey, Memory mapping was used. There, Drew's really alive. Both of them have Jason's memories, and now we got to determine who's the real Jason and who's not. And it's just, even though uh, Andre said like you can't undo this, it's going to get undone, and we're going to see what uh, what Drew feels like when he's lost five years of his life, having his brother's memories kind of overimposed on his, and how does he reclaim it? And I feel like it's going to be revealed that it'll be Billy Miller uh, as 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 Drew, and how he's going to re- try to build a new life. Once he kind of gets those Jason memories kind of pulled out of him and he gets to be just Drew again. So we'll see what happens. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was a lot of talking on my part. Uh, one quick thing is, so is Andre leaving the show for Miss asks in the chat? I have no idea. I'm guessing we're going to see him back at some point because this whole memory mapping thing, it's going to have to be kind of resolved. And I feel like he'll be part of that resolution. But as of right now, I mean, he is just he's gone from the show, at least for now. I I'm so uh I'm so disappointed. I could go on for for too long about how I feel like Andre's character has been done a lot of wrong on the show. He had a lot of potential that was never fully realized and it's disappointing. That's a character, unlike Julian or Amy or this Manlander storyline, I'm happy to see go. Andre is a character that I felt like just never got a chance to really show the all, everything that he was capable of. And it's a it's a shame, you know? It's that's an example of a character that had so much to offer and never really got a chance to show it so uh ladies and gentlemen that's going to do it for this uh episode of the general gh report but thank you so much for joining me in the chat i know we couldn't talk tonight but thank you for uh, letting me read all your thoughts though it was great to hear everything and uh yeah there you go miss yaki said it uh, better than i could and andre should have been with anna couldn't say it better than that all right ladies and gentlemen that's gonna do it for this episode but as always like us on facebook give us those five stars on itunes subscribe to the youtube channel thanks everybody for hopping in the chat and, uh, oh, gosh, thanks for all the kind words. I couldn't do this show without all you folks. Thanks for taking the time to hop in the chat and share your thoughts. We'll be back here next week. Why don't we do it next week? Why not? It'll be fun. Let's do it. I'll see you back here next Sunday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for another episode of the GH Report right here on Afterbus TV. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at HappyGoJackie. <laughs> Why not? There you go. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody.